Hey, I'm part Irish, English, Dutch, German, and uh, here are a few more I'd like to think. I sometimes tell my wife I'm part tiger. I tell my friends I'm a bit bohemian. My students think I'm part high tension, high strung. We're all part human being, part doer, part thinker, part seer, part lover, part worker, part player. We're talking multicultural, mixed cultures and people on the English Teacher John Show number 70. Part fun, part learning, part John's ramblings, part music, part stories, and fully, completely, 100% ready to go. Welcome, everyone, to the English Teacher John Show number 70. That's right. Uh, my name is John Coons, and I'm the host of this educational, entertaining, and wacky internet podcast. Our show is for everyone, but especially for English learners of all abilities. We try to use clear and easy-to-understand English. And we always look both ways before crossing. Our podcast is produced right here in our treetop studio in Matsumoto, Japan. That's in central Japan in the province called Nagano. All right. In today's show, uh, I'm very excited about it. Um... First, we're going to hear an interview with my friend and co-worker, Sean, uh, who has an interesting multicultural background. Okay, well, I'm a product of an international marriage myself. Uh, my mom uh, has her family roots uh, in Canada, and um, my father uh, is, was born and raised on the island of Cyprus in the Mediterranean. Then, in the second segment, we'll talk about the island of Cyprus. Well, listen to the interview first, uh, then you'll know why we're going to talk about Cyprus. And finally, in the third and last segment, we'll talk about a few bicultural or multicultural celebrities. Yes, that is our theme, multiculturalism, biculturalism. All right, stay tuned. Recently, I brought the uh, English Teacher John production team over to uh, one of my workplaces and spoke with my colleague, Sean. All right, my friend and colleague, uh, Sean, is our guest today. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you, John. It's a, it's a privilege to be here uh, live on the internet, or partially live on the internet, thanks to uh, the miracle of digital recording technology. Yeah, we've got a beautiful day here in Matsumoto. Uh, Sean and I, uh, well, I live in Matsumoto. Sean lives around uh, the area. Um, 
Sean, you have an interesting upbringing. Uh, we are talking about uh, multiculturalism or biculturalism. Um, tell us a little bit about your uh, upbringing and your background. Okay, well, I'm a product of an international marriage myself. Uh, my mom uh, has her family roots uh, in Canada, uh, going back to uh, before 1867, before Canada became a unified nation. And um, my father uh, is, was born and raised on the island of Cyprus in the Mediterranean, uh, third largest island in the Mediterranean. Wow, very interesting. Did during uh, when you grew up, did you did you spend time in both of those places or another place? Uh, didn't spend uh, any substantial time in Cyprus because in 1974 there was uh, some military uh, conflicts going on there. But um, we always went there sort of for holidays, like at Christmas or summer holidays. Uh, we didn't ever live there for any substantial period of time, but we certainly vacationed there as a family, definitely. And um, uh, most of my own childhood was spent outside of Canada. I'm a Canadian citizen by birth, but uh, because of my parents' uh, working situation, I actually spent most of my childhood outside of Canada. Oh, really? Uh, for example, what places did you spend time in in your childhood? Okay. Uh, grade three and four, I was in Kampala, Uganda. Uh, and then uh, grade five, I was in Monrovia, Liberia, on the, uh, on the west coast of Africa. Uh, and uh, graduated high school from ISKL, International School of Kuala Lumpur, uh, Malaysia. And uh, along the way, also spent time uh, at the University of uh, Copenhagen, uh, Copenhagen's Universiteit. Uh, so had a pretty uh, peripatetic upbringing, uh, I guess you could say. And as far as language, uh, I don't even know if uh, English is the primary language in Cyprus. What, what kind of language or languages were spoken around your household? Yeah, so in Cyprus, uh, two major uh, language groups, Turkish in the north and Greek language in the south. Uh, those two communities have uh, experienced ethnic strife over the years. And uh, my family's a bit uh, like Capulet and Montague in Romeo and Juliet, because I have relatives on both sides of that uh, ethnic divide. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, we always spoke English at home, just because uh, when we were moving around to different countries, uh, the schools we always went to, whether they were American schools or British schools, uh, the language of instruction was always English. Yeah. And as far as uh, customs or holidays, traditions, you have, of course, a Canadian and Cyprus, C Cypriot. Exactly. Which are your, your mother and your father. Right. And you were living in places like Uganda. Um, was there a mix of kind of uh, cultures and festivals going on? Your, your father's from Cyprus, your mother's Canadian, and yet you're living in an African country like Uganda. Yeah. Uh, excellent question. I love that question. Um, John, I guess because my father, uh, after he finished his studies, he decided to reside permanently in Canada and became a Canadian citizen. Because my father uh, patently and explicitly wanted to become a Canadian citizen and he became one, I guess because of that, 
our family grounding was always uh, Canada first and uh, anything else second. But of course, when you're living as a uh, as a permanent resident or as an expatriate in a foreign culture, obviously you try to adapt and to honor the local festivals, the local customs, uh, when in Rome type thing, you know. So we always, you know, tried to pay heed to that. Right. And was it uh, you as a, um, a, a young person uh, moving around to, to different countries? Yeah. How, how did you feel about that? Was it, uh, I, I'm a bit of a traveler and my immediate thought is, oh, boy, that sounds exciting. But maybe as a child, um, it might have had its tricky moments. Yeah, I think uh, the latter. The latter is probably uh, truer for kids. I think as an adult, you can look back in retrospect and say, boy, I was really fortunate to have all these uh, intercultural experiences. And many kids from more parochial backgrounds maybe don't have those opportunities. But when you're a kid, it's basically horrible because just it takes a few years to uh, develop friendships and to really feel comfortable in an environment. And to be uprooted every two years, every three years in a diplomatic uh, lifestyle, uh, it's it's very tough on the kids. And uh, I think there's been some research done on diplomatic uh, expat, expatriate families. And I think there's a higher than average rate of divorce among diplomatic families. And uh, that may be intergenerational. And there is definitely a higher than average uh, substance abuse problem. That's definitely a fact. Yeah. And did you think that you would end up back in Canada? Was that uh, was that part of your thinking or your plan? Um, which looks like it didn't happen. You're now living in Japan. So now you're still an expat living in a different country other than your country of citizenship. How's how's that? You, you, you didn't you didn't end up in Canada. Yeah. Now, both my younger brothers, they both are in Canada today. Uh, but for me, I just always felt, uh, probably much like yourself, a bit of wanderlust or a bit of uh, deep-seated desire to experience life in a different culture. That always had a very strong attraction to me. Uh, whereas in my own culture, because everything's so familiar and there's a real comfort zone there, um, I don't want to use the word uh, banal, but... You know, I guess when we live outside of our own comfort zone, there's a certain adrenaline rush there. And I've always been attracted, as perhaps you, I'm sure you could identify with possibly, uh, I've always been attracted to that adrenaline rush that comes from being just a little bit outside your uh, traditional or orthodox comfort zone. Yeah, I agree. I, I lived in India before uh, Japan, and I, I agree there is a bit of a Russian excitement level. Um, how are you finding Japan? You've been here a while. Uh, what do you think of uh, light, life here? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm now a permanent resident of Japan, so that probably will tell you uh, a lot about my feelings towards Japan. I mean, I love Japan uh very very deeply on a profound level it's not perfect there's no shangri-la uh but again i've never ever found shangri-la in this world and i don't think i i will too soon but uh generally speaking um especially here where we live in rural japan in nagano prefecture i find uh the focus 
on interpersonal relationships as opposed to status symbols or the size of one's bank account or uh, you know who made your shirts or what kind of car you drive. I find the primacy here of interpersonal relationships. I find that really, really uh, attractive. Yeah, me too. I, I think so. Um, Sean is a uh, music aficionado. So uh, I think we'll part with maybe a few music comments. But uh, Sean, which, which bands are hot? I know you, uh, you listen to a bunch of different kinds of music. Uh, you are an expert on all kinds of music. Uh, who's hot? Who's not? What, what's, what are you listening to these days? Okay, well, I don't know if I'm an expert in music because I, I am an expatriate in a rural area. And I think, you know, that, that means to a certain extent that I am removed from, from the heart of, of a lot of really thriving and vibrant music scenes. But um, there's so many uh, really, really wonderful uh, indie bands uh, in Japan right now. I can recommend a group of young ladies called the Five Six Seven Eights from Japan. Five Six Seven Eights. Uh, Guitar Wolf are a perennial favorite. I uh, saw them for the first time in Vancouver, BC, British Columbia, Canada, about 10 years ago, opening for The Cramps, uh, and have been in love with Guitar Wolf ever since. Uh, other Japanese bands who... Oh, my latest discovery in terms of Japanese music is a guy named Mikami Kan, who goes back to the early 1970s folk scene in Tokyo. And he was at one point, if I'm not mistaken, a communist. But he's just be, uh, returned to live music and, and, and the music studio. Mikami Kan. He, he's a very singular uh, vocalist. He's got a very unique way of singing. And once you've heard his voice, uh, you'll never forget it. Uh, in terms of Canadian bands, uh, well, Canada is definitely the flavor of the month right now in terms of up-and-coming indie bands. Uh, the Arcade Fire, uh, are really a top-notch Canadian outfit right now. Uh, Tokyo Police Club. Uh, and um, uh, a band from Toronto who my friend Paul Cahayas plays in. Uh, I, uh, they're called uh, the Brown Hornets. The Brown Hornets. Give a plug to uh, Paul Cahayas of Toronto and his band, The Brown Hornets. Hornets. All right. Uh, and what genre would you put these? Uh, you've just named a bunch of bands, Japanese and otherwise. Yeah. Are you, do you have a particular favorite kind or genre of music that you listen to? Yeah. My own personal favorite kind of music and the music that I actually collect uh, is avant-garde. All the bands I just li listed or just mentioned just briefly, they're all sort of in a rock or roots rock R&B type vein uh, but uh, my own personal uh, music addiction goes towards, uh, heads towards experimental or avant-garde music. And uh, the band that uh, I collect most maniacally and most uh, irrationally is a band from San Francisco, California, called The Residents. All right. Uh, Sean, uh, you, are, you live in Ueda, which is outside of Matsumoto. Um, or is it Matsumoto is outside of Ueda? I'm not sure. Uh, you guys have a big, uh, a big uh, concert, a big festival uh, every summer. Do, do you want to plug your, uh, your festival there a little bit before we go? Sure. Thanks for the uh, opportunity to uh, do some, uh, some shameless PR here. Um, it's the Ueda Joint uh, Music Festival. It's a three-day outdoor music festival. 
And uh, in this day and age of no free lunches, uh, there is no ticket required. In other words, you can go for three days of outdoor music, multiple stages for absolutely no money. Everybody who attends is automatically on the guest list. Well, and do you have a date on that? Yeah, it's, um, I don't know the exact dates this year, but uh, it's always uh, the weekend after Fuji Rock Festival. So Fuji Rock Festival in Japan, uh, the largest music festival in the Eastern Hemisphere, I found out, Fuji Rock is, um, is the final week every year of July, the final weekend of July. And then Wait a Joint Outdoor Music Festival, 100% free, is the following weekend. So the first weekend of August every year, every summer. Okay, and we can find all different kinds of music there? Yeah. Uh, traditionally, it's jazz and uh, dub music. That's why it's called joint, because it's a joint of jazz music with some kind of dub and trance music. But there's a lot of DJs and a lot of drum and bass music uh, as well. All right. Sounds like a good event. Um, thanks for that, and uh, thanks for joining us today on the English Teacher John Show. Thanks a lot, John. It was my uh, unmitigated pleasure to uh, make my debut appearance on the English Teacher John Show. All right. Take it easy. Sayonara. Well, uh, you heard Sean talk about Cyprus. So uh, let's learn a few things about that interesting place. Uh, I got the information from Wikipedia, of course, and uh, also the CIA World Factbook at CIA.gov. So, you know, it's got to be the truth, um, with a few things hidden, probably. Uh, but let's go with it. Um, and, hey, uh, there's going to be a little trivia quiz at the end of this, really. Uh, the island of Cyprus. Uh, officially, the country is the Republic of Cyprus. Uh, population uh, somewhere between 800,000 and 1 million. Um, I guess uh, there are some political struggles on the island, so uh, that could explain why uh, the population figure is a little bit uh, unclear. Uh, Cyprus is the Mediterranean's third largest island. And do you know the biggest and second biggest Mediterranean uh, islands? Okay, well, we'll have that answer for you in a couple of minutes. Uh, let's see. Um, Cyprus has 648 kilometers of coastline. Its highest point is Mount Olympus, 1,951 meters. 2.4 million tourists visit uh, Cyprus per year. Wow, that's a lot popular place. The adjective is Cypriot, C-Y-P-R-I-O-T. So uh, when you're talking about Cypriot food or a Cypriot, a person from Cyprus. Uh, it's been a member of the EU since May of 2004. The currency is the euro as of uh, January 1st, 2008. The climate in Cyprus is a Mediterranean climate. Yeah, of course, right? It's a Mediterranean country. Uh, hot, dry summers and cool winters. 
Cypriot's drive on the left side of the road, which is uh, the same as Japan and I guess uh, the UK and other UK-influenced areas. Uh, the US and other places, I think China, drive on the right. Uh, let's see. The uh, internet, uh, TLD, is what? Top level domain, I think. Dot .cy is uh, Cyprus on the internet. Dot .cy. Well, it looks like the, um, the meze or meze uh, is a very important thing. It's a uh, kind of, uh, it's a type of meal, a specialty, a special experience um, in Cyprus. And uh, I, I apologize. I think it is both um, from the Greek side of, uh, from the Greek uh, ethnicity in Cyprus and also the Turkish. There are uh, primarily uh, Greeks and Turkish background, people from Greek and Turkish background on Cyprus. And I believe the meze or meze comes from both of those. Uh, let me see, I'm reading from uh, Wikipedia here. Um, the meze is a meal comprising a broad range of Cypriot dishes. Each one a small portion, allowing the diner to sample a good proportion of the restaurant's menu in a single meal. A typical meze will consist of local bread, tashi, which is a local variety of tahini, Greek salad, natural yogurt, taramaskalata olives, taramaskalata, taramasalata, uh, sounds like a salad. Olives, calamari, kefteres, uh, fish fried or grilled, fried lunza, dolmades, and hal- halloumi, uh, which could be grilled or fried, su- suvlakia, uh, sheftalia, lamb chop, uh, lamb chop chips, stifado, stifado, I don't know, usually beef, but sometimes rabbit or octopus. Hmm. I'll withhold my comments on that. Aphelia, followed by fresh fruit of the season. Exactly what you get will depend on the season and will vary from restaurant to restaurant. In years gone by, a meze would be delivered very slowly, allowing the diners to chat and drink for several hours whilst picking at each dish. But these days, um, perhaps due to tourists misinterpreting this deliberately slow service as poor service, um, recently it's more usual for the dishes to be presented at a more conventional pace. So maybe some of the culture in the uh, long meze has been lost. Um, Don't be surprised at how long it takes and how much food is offered and Siga, siga, I think means slowly, slowly. Maybe the Indians would say shanti, shanti, and the uh, Cypriots say siga, siga, slowly, slowly. Uh, Coffee along with uh, Cyprus or Cypriot brandy usually completes the meal. All right, well, that sounds pretty good. Uh, I guess we'll need someone to uh, come and uh, help us. Maybe we'll have to grab Sean again to, to... understand what some of those dishes mean (laughs) all right uh let's see now it's quiz time as i promised um 
Let's see. Uh, most of these I got from funtrivia.com. F-U-N-T-R-I-V-I-A.com. Uh, our first quiz question, which I asked you before, the Mediterranean's third largest island is Cyprus. How about one and two? They both start with S. Yeah, number one, a part of Italy, Sicily, is the biggest island in the Mediterranean. And Sardinia, or Sardinia, is the second biggest island. Cyprus is third. All right, uh, next quiz question. Uh, which ancient goddess is associated with Cyprus? Is it uh, Aphrodite, uh, Athena, Hera, or Zeus? Number two, if you were eating halloumi, H-A-L-O-U-M-I, what type of food would you be eating? And uh, let's see, is it lamb stew, cheese, fish soup, or pastry? And... uh, Next quiz question, what is the name of the animal, which is the symbol of the Cyprus Republic and is also used on its coins? Is it a chicken, a lizard, a bull, or a sheep? Chicken, lizard, bull, or sheep? And uh, finally... Which is the most used language in the Republic of Cyprus? Is it English, Greek, Turkish, or Russian? Most used language. All right, uh, let's see. Um, about the ancient goddess, it's, it's Aphrodite. Aphrodite, is that how we say it? Aphrodite, or uh, Venus in Roman. Uh, the goddess of love and beauty, Aphrodite, um, and Venus in Roman. Uh, let's see. The next one was about eating halloumi. And uh, sorry if my pronunciation, halloumi, halloumi. Uh, what type of food? Is it lamb stew, uh, cheese, fish soup, or pastry? The answer is cheese. It's a cheese dish. Uh, Number three, uh, what kind of animal is a symbol and uh, used on the coins? Chicken or lizard or bull or sheep? The answer is a mouflon, which is a kind of sheep. Yay, did you get it? Finally, uh, what's the most used language in the Republic of Cyprus? English, Greek, Turkish, Russian, uh, Russian? Well, the answer is no, not English. It's uh, Greek, 82%, according to the information I have here. Both Greek and Turkish are official languages. All right, well, that uh, wraps up our uh, section about Cyprus. Stay tuned for Famous Multicultural Celebrities.
All right. Well, we're talking about uh, famous multicultural or bicultural celebrities. Um, people uh, like Sean, who have uh, parents who are from different places, not just one place. Uh, uh, let's look at some examples. I got uh, some of this information from mixedfolks.com, M-I-X-E-D-F-O-L-K-S.com. Um, hey, how about Barack Obama, the current president of the United States? Uh, his mother uh, from Kansas in the U.S., and uh, his father was from Kenya in Africa. Um, Tiger Woods, the famous golfer, is uh, of white, Chinese, Native American, Thai, and black. And I guess they mean black African descent. Uh, his father was uh, half African-American, half Asian, and his mother is uh, mostly Asian heritage. Alicia Keys, um, born Alicia Cook, is an American recording artist, a musician, and actress. Uh, she's, from the, uh, she's from Manhattan in New York, and uh, she is the daughter of an Irish-Italian mother and a Jamaican father. Uh, Tadanobu Asano is a uh, relatively famous Japanese actor, um, born in 1973 in Yokohama. He was recently in the film uh, Mongol, one of his big roles recently. Um, and his father is Japanese, and his Mother is of Navajo, Native American Navajo ancestry. And finally, Frida Kahlo, born 1907 and died in 1954, um, the uh, pretty famous Mexican painter. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to read this. Uh, from 1926 until her death, the Mexican uh, painter Frida Kahlo created striking, often shocking images that reflected her turbulent life. Kahlo was one of four daughters born to a Hungarian Jewish father and a mother of Spanish and Mexican Indian descent. Uh, she was born in Mexico City. Um, she was a polio survivor. All right, well, there's a few uh, multicultural uh, celebrities. Well, uh, that's it for show number 70. I hope you enjoyed it and uh, learned something today. I know I learned a few things today. Uh, you can find our blog, all of our video and audio podcasts, some transcripts, other language help, a map to the hidden treasure, uh, all of that and more at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Uh, we'll have the complete transcript for this show up on the blog soon. Our email address is podcast at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Hey, we've got a new show. It's called the off Q Live Show. Uh, why don't you check it out? Uh, you can Skype into the show and talk to the host. That means you can talk to me. Uh, we're just starting out uh, with the off Q Live Show, uh, so the schedule is not yet fixed. However... 
if you visit us on Tuesday or Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Japan time, you'll probably find us. Uh, we will have a fixed schedule coming up shortly. Uh, the off-cue show, 7 p.m. Japan time. That's around lunchtime in Europe and early morning in the east coast of the U.S. And uh, what we used to call O-Dark 30. Very, very early in the central and western U.S. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have some discussions and interviews talking about life in Japan as an expat. Um, and a few other things, showing uh, videos and images of... Uh, life and experiences. So join us uh, with the new Off-Cue Live show. O-F-F-C-U-E Off-Cue.com and live.offcue.com Alright everybody, thanks to you all for listening. A special thanks to Sean and to our music man Martin. Catch you next time. On the way out, we're going to hear a song by... Uh, no, not Martin, but Will, who uh, you guys know. He's a member of the band You May See, and the song is Leaving San Francisco. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>